Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. Anyway, we had a lot of fun that day, but uh, once Ty and Brett got there, because they, they had to haul one of the cows to the, to the locker plant. And anyway, once, once they got there, we had to rope a cow, and so she was kind of mean, and, and I had roped the calf, and, and over my right shoulder, I just see this long hula hand come in, and I mean, just land right on this cow. I mean, it was a great, great shot, and I actually thought it was Ty, because Ty is, is really, really awesome at, at, at throwing those long hula hands, but it turned out it was Mitch, and I mean, it was, a, it was a phenomenal shot, and I was like, man, alive, and they got the cow roped, and we got it tagged, no big deal. And later on, we gathered some more and pushed them up into a corner. And uh, I had wrote, we, we'd all just take turns roping as we do. And, and Ty had gone in there and he threw this long hula hand. I mean, he dropped a couple of coals in his loop, probably threw it 25 feet. I mean, it was probably at one point uh, 15 or 18 feet in the air. I mean, it lands right on this uh, calf's head. And so he was scared that because he had dropped so many coals in it that he was going to belly rope it. So he tried to kind of do that buckaroo thing and, and, and uh, pull his slack. Well, he nearly flipped it right off the head. But as soon as he did that, he saw what was going to happen. And he flipped it back the other way. And like, seriously, it lands on the calf. He tries to pull his slack, but it's a little stiffer rope. So it comes off. And then he flips it back and it lands right back on. And I was like, I would have never been able to pull that off in a million years. And so, anyway, just phenomenal roping for Mitch and Ty. And so now it's my turn to go in there. And, and we're getting down to the last calves. And the way we do it out there is, is you have to match the uh, cow's number or the calf's number with the cow's number. So you have to know which cow goes with which calf. And, and sometimes, you know, the cows don't stick with their calves or their calves are getting a little bigger. But I had noticed this one that had paired up, but they kept separating so I already memorized the, uh, the calf's number, and I rode in there, and the cow immediately ran off, and the calf was still pretty new, so it just kind of stood there. And I, I walked up there, and I'm swinging, and I'm waiting for this calf to take off, and it just stands there as I walk up. And I walk up, and this calf is literally standing by my right stirrup, looking up at me like I'm its mama or something. And so I pulled off the most phenomenal loop of the day. I just held it down like this, and I looped it over the calf, and I pulled the slack. And so Ty starts laughing at me, goes, that's not fair. And I was like, hey, just, it is on the end of my rope. That is what counts. And so uh, whenever, whenever he started laughing at me, which I would have done the same, Mitch had one that, that day too like that. But I, I, thought my, I thought to myself, you know what? Fancy is fun, but simple is sure. And, and, and that's what I did. I mean, I, I could have, you know, kicked it in the butt and, you know, had it go out there and give it a fighting chance. But we weren't out there for fighting chances. We were out there to tag calves. And if it's just going to stand there, then I'm just going to drop my loop on it. I, I don't care what anybody thinks of my cowboying skills. I, I can rope one whenever it's out there sometimes. And so if I know that I've got a for sure shot, and any cowboy will tell you <laughs> that sometimes roping one standing still is the hardest thing in the world. And so I just thought, you know what? Fancy is fun, but simple is sure, is sure. 
And so, you know, I kind of had that in my mind for the last couple of weeks of trying not to get fancy about it. I mean, we can get fancy sometimes, and it's really cool, and it has its uses. But at the same time, man, sometimes you just need something that is simple and sure. And so as I'm just, and I wasn't studying, I was just reading my Bible. And and I came across a, a couple of verses that seemed to say, this exact same thing, that, that fancy is fun, but simple is sure. These verses didn't talk about, you know, speaking in tongues. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that. It's biblical. But it, but it didn't say anything about speaking in tongues. These verses didn't talk about, you know, forgiving those that have, have truly hurt you. Um, these verses didn't talk about, you know, faith healing, you know, in times of quarantine and all of that. Um, these verses didn't talk about supernatural miracles of deliverance. What these verses said wasn't fancy, but they were simple, and it assured us that they were sure. You know, in these two verses, there's four things that we're going to be talking about, and it is one simple solution for four of life's fanciest problems. Each of these problems that, that, these, that these two verses go over, there's two in, e- in each verse, um, e- each one of these uh, has the same solution to every single problem. It reminds me of, of a favorite story. And, and you know, I always hate to repeat stories because I, I know that everybody here that, that is here with us live have heard this story. But, you know, we always have new people that, that sign on. And it, and it really is. It's probably my favorite story of all time. We were, we were down in Texas. And uh, we just got through. Uh, we had to, there was like 10 of us and we had to gather. I think this pasture was... Gosh, it was like 20 sections, 20 square miles with 10 people to gather it, and it's just brush. And we had got most of them, but this one cow and calf had hidden. But by the time we got done working all the uh, cows and calves, this cow and calf walked up, you know, kind of outside the pens and was just standing out there. So we got done, and a buddy of mine asked the, the rancher, he's like, hey, man, you want us to go rope that calf so that we can get it branded? And so we were all sitting there, and, I, and I, I'll never forget where I was sitting. I, 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 I had me a drink, and, and I was sitting up against the, the uh, tire of, of a trailer. And I'm just sitting there, and the rancher's on my left, and, and my buddy's on the right. And he's like, hey, man, do you want us to go rope this, uh, go rope this calf? And he goes, the rancher said, let me tell you something, cowboy. He's like, y'all, your solution to everything is just, you want me to rope it? Do you want me to rope it? Do you want me to rope it? And he said, you know, that's the difference in a cowman and a cowboy. A cowboy just wants to rope something. He don't have all this money invested. I mean, he goes, he like, he, he's a short guy. So he, he, he got the proverbial soapbox so that he could be the same height as my buddy. And I mean, he just goes off on this big tirade. And he's like, do you understand what I'm saying? He's like, and then my buddy's like, you know, he's standing there still in his leggings. And, you know, he's got him a drink because it's been hot and everything. He's like, yeah, I understand it. And so the rancher just continues to go off and he's like, hey man, you know, you can't just rope everything. That's the difference in a cowboy and a cowman. A cowman takes care of his, uh, of his cattle and, you know, blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. And I mean, he's just like reading in the riot act. And I'm sitting up against this tire and I'm like a tennis match at Wimbledon. You know, I'm just looking from the rancher to the cowboy to the rancher to the cowboy. And none of us really know what to say. And so finally the rancher looks at, over at my buddy. He's like, so, do you understand what I'm saying? You ain't got to rope everything. Sometimes there's a better way to do something. Do you understand what I'm trying to tell you? He's like, yeah, I, I think I understand. 
He goes, so please enlighten us all of what you have learned today. And my buddy sits there for a second. He goes, well, I guess what you're saying is the difference in a, in a, in a cowboy and a cow man is a cow man is a some buck that can't rope. <laughs> I laughed. I have never, I don't think I have ever laughed that hard in my entire life. I mean, like, by the time it was done, I am not leaning up against the wheel of the trailer. I am on my side in a fetal position laughing so, so hard. One simple solution to four of life's fanciest problems. Does a cow have a UTI like, like we had the doctor yesterday? Does a cow have a UTI, a UTI and starting to prolapse? Well, the simple solution is to rope her and doctor does a bull have foot rot? Well, I think the simple solution is to rope him and doctor him. You know, does a yearling have a snotty nose? Rope her and doctor. Does a calf have scours? Rope it and doctor it. I mean, I, it's, it's simple. I mean, it's taking care of it. You know, there, there's nothing really fancy about it or anything. But let's see what the simple and short answer to four of life's fanciest problems are from Psalm chapter 19. In, in starting in verse 7, now there's two parts to verse 7. I'll, I'll call them 7a and 7b. But the very first thing that uh, Psalm 19, 7a says is, The instructions of the Lord are perfect, reviving the soul. The instructions of the Lord are perfect, reviving the soul. And, and, and you know, what, what that says to me is it's really simple. Do what God says the way he says to do it. And the hidden spark inside of you will be kindled into a roaring blaze. It says the instructions of the Lord are perfect, reviving the soul. You know, I mean, I think that we've all been through it in some form or fashion where we, we feel like that, that maybe we're cold inside. And, and I don't mean like cold-hearted, but just like the fire inside us, man, is, is just, you know, burned down to, to an ember. Do you feel cold inside like all the passion has left you? God's Word says... The instructions of the Lord are perfect, reviving the soul. Do what God says the way he says to do it. It's really that simple. Do you feel like the potential you know you have is dormant or hibernating? I mean, because think about it, man. All, all, every single one of us here today, man, we feel like there's something inside of us that needs to come out. But the only way that that thing can come out is by doing what God says the way he says to do it. Has your passion for life dissolved? into everyday chores. I mean, I, I see all of us every day, you know, just, and I don't want to say doing the same thing, but, you know, everybody that's, that's here with me today, they, they have a job at Save the Cowboy, and they are phenomenal at what they do. That's why they are a part of it. But, you know, do, do we forget sometimes that we are doing this for the Lord, or is it just, has the fire gone out, and it's just kind of something that we do, and, man... If you want to revive your soul, it says the instructions of the Lord are perfect, reviving the soul. What God says is perfect. Perfect means that they are right every single time, but that doesn't mean that it's easy. The instructions of the Lord are perfect, reviving the soul. In, seven, in, nine, in Psalm chapter 19, verse 7b, it says, The decrees of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. Now, de decrees, I, I kind of like what the, the, the message version says. It calls the decrees the signposts. The signposts of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. Do what God says the way he says to do it, 
and you will know what to do in nearly any situation. I mean, th- th- that, that's the benefit of doing what God says to do. And, and his good book is, is, is chock full of do things this way. Avoid this. If you do this, you're going to get in a wreck. If you do that, yeah, it may be harder, but it'll be better in the long run. But our instant gratification wants to take our own way of doing things instead of what God says to do. You know, have you ever felt like it's danged if you do, danged if you don't? That's what this is talking about. The decrees of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. Do what God says the way he says to do it. Do you struggle with big or small decisions? And I'm going to be honest, man. Big decisions are most of the time really easy for me. And uh, because I think that most of the time it's obvious. It's the little decisions that, that are the hardest for me. But the Bible says the decrees of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. And there's, no more, there's nobody more simple than I am. That's, what I, that's one of my gifts is, is making difficult things to understand more simple. I mean, if there's a life verse for me, it's this one, making wise the simple. I, I'm as simple as they come. And any wisdom I have doesn't come from myself. It comes from God. Do you flounder when it comes to knowing what is the right decision and what is not? Do what God says the way he says to do it, and you will find the wisdom that you need. God's decrees, or as the message says, his signposts are perfect. If you follow them, wisdom both follows you and leads you. And, and, and I think that that is... That is really important because wisdom follows you where you go, but it also leads you where you need to go. It's kind of a dual purpose thing right there. The instructions of the Lord are perfect, reviving the soul. The decrees of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. Man, do we really trust what God says? Because I guarantee you the most of what God says is the more difficult path. And do we trust God enough to do things the way he says to do them? In, in verse 8, starting uh, the very first part of verse 8, the commandments. Now, once again, I, I like what the life, uh, what the message says, calls it the life maps. The commandments of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. The life maps or the commandments of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. Do what God says the way he says to do it. And guess what? You'll find your fun again. You know, Christians are notorious and I, there's nobody more guilty than me. Man, growing up, I, I was the class clown. I was the life of the party. Everybody wanted me around because, you know, I, I'm funny. I'm quick with a story and, uh, you know, laugh and joke. But when I became a Christian, I thought that I had to turn my back on a lot of that. And, and just because I probably drank more than I should have and, and stuff like that, it, I, I forgot how to have fun. And, and that is one of the most difficult things in life is when you, when you follow God of trading the, the fun of life, the joy of life into something that is truly joyful instead of momentary. Christians are notorious stick in the muds, corn cobs, and wet blankets. I mean, they, they really are, you know. And, and that is one thing that I'm thankful for with, with Save the Cowboy is Man, when we all get together, I, I don't know that we ever stop laughing or joking. And you know what? I mean, sometimes it gets a little bit, I don't want to say personal, but you know what? It, it, if we don't make fun of you, we don't like you. It, you know, if we're joking with you, then, then that means that, that you're accepted, okay? So uh, I've, I've got a question. Where's your joy, cowboys? Where's your joy? 
I'm not talking about what you like to do. I'm talking about the laughter in your heart and the smile on your face. Have you lost that? I know you had it one time. I mean, just the other day, my granddaughter came over. Uh, they, my daughter and, and, and her daughter got another place to live. And, but they come by you know, a couple of times a week. And so when Rome, she's fixing to be three years old next month, or, or this month, uh, she's fixing to be three years old. And she came in. And, you know, I don't think that I had laughed all day. Now, that doesn't mean that I was you know, a bad mood or anything, but I don't think I had laughed all day. And so I started chasing her around. And I mean, just her infectious laugh was as good a thing as I've ever felt. And I chased her and she chased me. And I mean, I guarantee you she laughed more in that 90 seconds before I got asthma and fell out. Um, (laughs) No, it was a little more than 90 seconds. But uh, she probably laughed more in that short time frame than I had all week. Man, where is our joy? Where did we lose it? Where did we lose it? Do what God says the way he says to do it, and you'll find the joy that he's promised. And I think that's the biggest thing missing out of Christian's life is just the pure joy of knowing that our victory is assured, that our place in the book of life has been written down, and nothing can take that away. Man, we should be the happiest people on earth. But for the most part, man, Christian's... My gosh, I just want to slap most of you. And I'm sure you want to slap me sometimes too. But I'm like, man, you've got everything. Because when you have God, you don't need anything else. What do we have to gripe about? What do we have to complain about? What do we have to... Well, I'll just stop there. What, what do we have... You know, th- things... Are, you know, it's amazing how we can find a, a problem for every solution. Do what God says the way he says to do it. And you'll find the joy that he promised. You know, and one thing that I want, that I want to reinforce to you, and, and I know that I'm splitting hairs right here, but, you know, when, when God says, do what I tell you to do, and you will find, as this says, bringing joy to the heart. You know, it, it's not a conditional. God is not saying, okay, I'm holding your joy right here, and I'm not going to give it to you unless you do what I tell you to do the exact way I tell you to do it. That's a conditional type of... Uh, I don't know, response. But you know, the other thing is, is that it's not, what God says isn't conditional, it's assured. In other words, God says, you know, if we want to, if I want to drive to Lyman or some, somewhere close, if I want to drive to Kiowa, I go out my driveway and I hang a right and it's three or four miles down the road. It's as easy as that. And, and that's what God says. He says, like, hey, man, if you'll drive down your driveway and turn right, you are going to get to Kiowa. You're going to get there. It's not conditional. He's like, well, if you, if you speed or you don't do this, you know, you're going to be going the right direction, but I'm not going to give you what I promised you because you didn't do it exactly right. No, he's like, man, if you just go to the driveway and turn right and drive three or four miles down the road, I guarantee you you're going to get there. So what God's saying isn't conditional. He's just saying, man, if you will do what I tell you to, the, the absolute end result, no ifs, ands, or buts about it, you are going to find the joy, bringing joy to your heart. These things aren't conditions. They are results. And I think that most of us, man, we, we, we think, man, i got to get it exactly right. i got to do it exactly right. And if I don't do it exactly right, God's not going to give it to me. And, and I've tried this before. And, and look, man, most of us, you know, we're not experiencing the joy that fills our heart because we get to the end of the driveway and instead of going the right way, 
We hang a left, in, and you know what happens when you go left, man. You're not going to get to where God promised. And it's not because God's withholding anything. You didn't do what you were supposed to do. You didn't follow his signposts, his life maps. And God is telling you exactly where he wants to go. And all of it is in the good book. All you have to do is do what he says, the way he says to do it, and the results are guaranteed. God's ways are not interstates to happiness, but dirt roads that lead to joy that no one can take away from you. Man, you know, what? there, there was a, I think it was Sawyer Brown that had a song called I'll Take the Dirt Road. Man, I, I, I don't know that there's anybody in this room. Sure, we, we take highways all the time, but there's nothing like a dirt road. Man, dirt road leads to places that nobody else knows about. And God's telling us, man, take the dirt road. Do things the way I tell you to do them, the way I tell you to do them, and you will get to where I tell you that it leads. And finally, in the last part of Psalm 19.8, it says the commands, or as the message puts it, directions. The commands of the Lord are clear. They are clear, giving insight for living. I mean, the, word, the commands of the Lord are clear. I mean, you know, listen, man, when, when, when Jesus says to, to love others, he's not saying love these, but don't love these. He's saying love them all. Jesus loved his disciples, but he also loved the people that nailed him to the cross with as much ferocity. He, he, his directions are clear. When he says don't worry, the, the, you know, we try to get fancy with it and say, well, I won't worry about the things I'm not worried about, but I will worry about the things that I am worried about. And the directions of the Lord are clear. He says don't worry. He says love others. He says, do not be afraid. But yet most of us make every stinking decision in our life because we're afraid. Do what God says the way he says to do it, and you'll be nudged in the right direction. This means you can do your best and, and trust God with the rest, man. Okay, so a lot of times, man, we, we may not exactly know where we're going, but if God says, man, love people, then you don't have to wonder, should I love this person or not? God does say to forgive. You don't have to ask, should I forgive this person or not? Absolutely, we forgive, not because they deserve it, but because we've been forgiven. God gives hidden knowledge to those that follow him. And most of the time, the, the, the most grandiose things God will ever do to you, I'm saying right now that there's not going to be a situation where you understand that God is guiding you. You know, I, I said all the time that, you know, back, I, I gave my heart to God whenever I was a teenager, but I was in my 30s before I gave my life to him. Now, a lot of people do that at the same time. I was saved as a child, but it wasn't until my 30s till I truly started following him. But when I started following, this insight for living that he gave me was that even when I wasn't necessarily following him, God was still guiding me. Just because I wasn't doing what I said I would do, God still did what he said that he would do. And if I can look back on my life and see that even when I wasn't following God, that he was still guiding me, how much more is he going to guide me now that I am actively, spiritually, emotionally following him with everything that I've got? Now, does that mean I get it right every time? No, I take wrong turns all the time. But the same God that made the road that, that I'm supposed to go down, even if I take a wrong turn, he can make a way back. He can make a way back. These insights that God gives us for living are often contrary to the world's way of doing things. Just because God's commands or his directions are clear, once again, doesn't mean that they're easy. Most of the time, they're not easy. They're, you know, God says that humility is the greatest strength there is, but this world says that if you're humble, that, that that's weakness. 
man, you've got to make a decision. Are you going to follow the way of the world, or are you going to follow God? You know, no man can serve two masters. You know, uh, me and my dad, we used to work cattle on a, on a ranch, or work sheep on a ranch uh, near Bakersfield, Texas, that, uh, called the Doris Ranch, and Whenever you went up on the on the mesa, I, it was a it was a huge mesa, and once you got up there, you didn't even realize that you were up on a mountain. I mean, it just spread out for miles and as far as you could see. But there was a road that led up there, and and the road was you know windy, and you had to go way over here and come back and everything. Well, there was a shortcut up to the top of this mountain, but if you didn't know where it was you would never see it. It was kind of like that Indiana Jones where he has to step off the cliff and uh, it doesn't look like there's anything there, but once he steps off, you know, it becomes apparent. That's the way this trail was because right whenever the road starts to go up this mesa, there's this big mesquite bush. And if you went on the other side of this mesquite bush, it didn't look like anything was there, but there was a trail that led up and it was a steep trail and, and it was rocky and it was hard, but you got right up to the top. And if you missed that because of the rim rock on top of this mesa, there was nowhere else to go except on the road. And that road would take you three, four, I don't even, maybe it was five miles out of the way to get up, up on top of this mesa. You know, does it seem like you're always taking the long way? Follow God's directions and he will show you, I don't want to say easier ways, but shorter ways to get where you're going. And, 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 it, and it seems so counterintuitive that you'll do things the hard way, but sometimes doing things the hard way at first leads to a lot easier, but most of us are taking the long way around. I'm not saying that you're not saved, but you're not doing things the way that God says to do them. And then you wonder why everything is taking so long and you're not realizing everything that God has promised for you. Follow God's directions and he'll show you a better way to that which you seek. And whether we know it or not, instinctually I think we do. We need God.